connected to. Tell me his iPad. Sorry.
Good afternoon, everyone. This is your call to worship for the 4th in July. It's July 27, 2019. Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Good evening and welcome to the Saturday evening worship service of Refuge from the Storm Church. Greetings on behalf of our pastor, Reverend Dr. Millicent Black. Welcome to our members and returning listeners and any new listeners. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We trust that you had a great Saturday evening and what better place to gather than to worship together and worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, our Father and our God today. Thank you for being here with us. It's a privilege and a pleasure to have you here today. For those of you that are new here with us, we welcome you as friends, and we hope that you continue and come again next Saturday and become regular fellowshippers with us here. Uh, This particular gathering was planted here just for you. We want to be encouragers with you, and we invite you on this journey with us. Pastor Black planted this particular church, and she had in mind a place just for you. We desire to be a source of hope, encouragement, and purpose for TIs in North America and around the world. Again, thank you for coming, and we hope that when you leave today that you are inspired and encouraged to go just a little bit further. Today, our serving team will consist of Pastor Black, who will deliver the preach word for the hour, And we ask that you pray as she's prepared to deliver the preach word, that the Holy Spirit will be manifested in her, that she will say something that will encourage you. Elder Carolyn Cunningham will serve as our worship leader today. Sister Helena Thompson serves as our talk show manager, and she spends untold hours preparing such beautiful music for us each Saturday. Sister Cheryl Miller-Harvey um, is the assistant talk show manager, and she's responsible for scheduling all of the uh, talk show calls. And Sister Helena Thompson today will um, lead us to the throne of grace and altar prayer. And Sister Kim Straub will extend the invitation to discipleship and response to the preach word. Just a quick reminder, uh, of all of our scheduled gatherings this week. We want to, Pastor uh, Black would like to extend an invitation to our Wednesday Night Live uh, small group Bible study. We're continuing our study using the book Possessing the Gates of the Enemy by Cindy Jacobs. Now that study uh, continues through October the 2nd, and the title of this week's lesson is The Language of Intercession. 
Our scheduled start time is 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time. And don't forget, we're fasting each Wednesday from sunrise to sunset, unless, of course, you have some specific health concerns, and please follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And this complements our small group Bible study, and, and that also goes through October the 2nd. Uh, please follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Pastor also invites you to join us each uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday morning for our early morning weekday uh, prayer call, intercessory prayer call. The scheduled start time is 6.30 Eastern Standard Time, 6.30 a.m., and 5.30 a.m. Central Standard Time, and 3.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. That's our early morning weekday intercessory prayer call. Also, a reminder as we close out the month, well, actually, throughout the rest of the year, our monthly prayer focus is for spiritual and numerical growth in the body of Christ. Uh, That goes along with our pastoral vision. Also, please check the newsletter for our prayer focus, our daily prayer focus. And I believe today is prayer for the elderly. So please check the, the prayer, the daily prayer guide in the newsletter. As we continue through the worship service, uh, prayerfully, again, a reminder, please check your mute button if there is any noise, background noise where you are, let's maintain the reverence of the worship service and show respect to the speaker. So I thank you for your attention to the announcements. If you need a reminder of any of the announcements that were given during worship today, please check the newsletter or the beautiful website that is maintained by Sister Cheryl Miller Harvey. And our uh, website address is refugefromthestormchurch.org. So at this particular time, if all of our hearts and minds are clear, we're now going to turn our, our attention to worship. And after we, after we have listened to a beautiful recorded song, Elder Carolyn will lead us through the rest of our worship service. So now we invite the Holy Spirit to inhabit the praises of his people, and please be blessed in worship service today.
selected today are two. They're from the liturgical church calendar. The first one is from Colossians 2, verses 6 through 19. For I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding through the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and power. Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. 
As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbath, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and not holding fast to the head, from whom all the body, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. Amen. And the second scripture is taken from the book of Luke, chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, Our Father is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And he said to them, Which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because He is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise 
and give him as many as he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give you a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Let us pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your goodness, your grace, your mercy, and abundance. And thank you for your gospel this day of reminding us to come to you with all requests, big and small, for you hear all of our prayers. We need you, Lord, each and every day. Thank you for hearing, for bearing our burdens. What a friend we have in Jesus all our sins and grief to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We don't have to be discouraged if we take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Amen, amen, and amen. Let us listen to a praise and worship song to be followed by the altar prayer, which Sister Helena will deliver today.
like a spring in the desert. Come to the Father, we thank you and praise you for this day that you gave to us. We thank you, Lord, that because you bless us, that you give us the opportunity to be a blessing to others, Lord. Holy Spirit, we just invite you in today, and we just ask you to dwell amongst us as a church and individually, wherever we are calling in from. I thank you for each one that is on the call today, and I pray that each and every one will leave this service today much better than they came into it, that all will be truly blessed, Father. Thank you for bringing us through this past week, all the goods and all the bads. You made it possible for us to meet again and in this house, this home, this church, Father, you put together in such a special and unique way that even though we're all scattered about in different parts of the world and the country, we still stand as one together because of you, because of who you are in us. Pray, Father, for any new callers on the line today that they will feel and since your presence today, that you will draw them to want to come back and desire to become a part of Rescue from the Storm Church, Father. And we thank you for each and every one who has been faithful to call in every week. Father God, we pray for those today that are in mourning. We lift up our Loretta to you as she continues to go through the grieving process. Father God, we pray, lift her up to you and give her the strength that she needs. And even though this circumstance was not a pleasant one and a difficult one to get through, I just pray that you will take and Father, draw her and her family closer and closer together because of it, Lord, because you, you can you are the God that can do anything. All things are possible with you, Lord. 
We lift up those that need a healing touch from you today, those that are hurting their bodies, their minds, their spirits. Father God, we just ask for your healing balm to just fall upon them, Lord, and just lift them up and give them a joy that they didn't think they could have today. Father, we lift up the elderly to you today, and there are those of us even in this service, such as I am, who is amongst the elderly. It's very sad and heartbreaking that I was growing up, we revered our elderly, respected them, and today many are not being respected. So we pray for those that may be hurting, those that may be, um, rather those that may be being hurt, either in rest homes, retirement homes, in hospitals, in their own homes, by their own family members. Father God, we lift them up to you. And we thank you for the elderly, Father God, and we just ask that you would just turn around the hearts of the youth in our country, Father, to respect their elders and to give the elders the wisdom to show the way to the younger ones, Father, from our experiences and in knowing you, Father God. We pray for the homeless today, Father, those that are hungry, those that don't have a roof over their head, Father, we pray that you would supply it. We ask for for those, Father God, that are in abusive relationships, that you would heal and mend them. Father, you see all that we cannot see. And so we ask that you would just extend your hand of mercy and grace to those that call on you, those that need you. Father, those that don't know you, we pray that you will send someone who does to show them the way, your truth, and your light, Father, and the path that they should walk on. Thank you for this church, Father God, that we have a place as TIs to gather, that we can just have joy in your presence. When we don't feel joy, we can communicate with one another to lift each other up and help us through the times when we have a difficult time. Thank you for picking us up when we fall, Father God. Thank you for the friendships that you have given through this church and for the ministries through this church, Father God, that bless those outside this ministry. We thank you for our pastor. We thank you, Father God, for planting this seed in her to um, begin a church such as this one, Father God, for people just like us. So we have a place where we don't have to feel ashamed about talking about our hurt or our pain or what we go through because we're all going through it. So we understand one another, and we know that you understand most of all. And we look to you for every day, sometimes minute by minute, second by second, Father God. Always, always find a way when there is no other way, when we think that we've just 
been spent and we have nothing left to give. Always there. He always lift us up. You give us the grace to go on. Pray for those who have heavy hearts today that you would lift them up and out of their burdens. Father, you know every prayer, you know every heart. I pray that you would minister to every need today. I pray that as Pastor brings forth the message that you've placed within her spirit, that it will touch our hearts, us who are listeners, Lord, that we will leave different than when we came here, that we will be lifted up, because you will have a word to speak to each and every one of us, maybe a different word for every one of us. But Lord, you know each one of our needs. So you know how to minister to us, whether it's a word, a song, or the message, Father. We just ask that you lift up this congregation, Father, and bless it, Father. Thank you, Father, that our pastor... Oh, Lord, we just ask that you place a special anointing on her and give her the health and the strength that she needs because she doesn't just minister to us as a church. There's so many areas that she reaches out to and she's so diligent in her work, Father, and trying to help those like us. I lift up every TI here on the call today, those that couldn't make it. Father, those around the world, they have not yet found us. Pray that you would give them strength. Those that may be in mental health facilities, those that may be in prisons, for being TIs or for your name's sake, Father. Set them free, we pray. Take the chains off and break them free, Father, free to be who you created them to be in you. We pray that you would bring those to our church, Lord, that need to hear your message, that they will feel your presence, that they will feel your love, and that they will continue to come back over and over again and invite their friends, Father. We give this service over to you now, and we ask that your Holy Spirit just move amongst us, Move through Pastor Millicent as she speaks, Father. She will bless every word that comes forth from her mouth, Father. May it be all of you and nothing of Pastor. We thank you, Father, for what you're about to do for the rest of our service and what you've already done. And we praise your precious and holy name. We thank you, Father, for who you are. We praise you, for you are the highest of all gods. You are the only God. We look to you for the answers to our questions. Answers. Father, this day, for every day that you give us life and breath, sometimes we think we just can't go on for another day. You always find a way. You always open a door, close a window. I 
And we thank you, Father, that you love us that much. Praise you in your precious and holy name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Sister Marina, for your praying on our behalf. Now, to all worshipers, this is your invitation to giving. Our church, Refuge from the Storm, provides refuge from targeting by tending to the spiritual needs of those of us who are targeted. But we are also similar to other organizations in the targeted community in that we have financial needs to accomplish our goals. So for those listeners who are able, we'd like you to consider making a financial contribution. You can do it in any way you'd like and in any amount. We welcome one-time donations as well as weekly, monthly, quarterly, or annual contributions. To make your contribution, please contact either the pastor, Reverend Millicent, by email at mgrace321 at gmail.com or contact Sister Gloria, our administrative assistant at refugefromstorm at aol.com or you can go to our website at refugefromthestorm.org. Thank you. Now let us listen to a praise and worship song as we prepare our hearts and souls and minds to receive the Lord's message through Pastor Reverend Millicent Black. Praise the Lord. Anybody glad you serve a God who's more than enough? Amen. Come on, the piece of everything, I need you to clap your hands. Let's sing and celebrate Jesus in this place. My strength, whenever I am weak, my hope, everything I need is more than life to me.
Amen. Amen. And even in your homes, though there may not be anyone else around you, are still able to clap your hands for Jesus. Good evening. Good afternoon. Hello. I am so glad to be with you this afternoon. I give honor to the Blessed Trinity, to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. As I welcome you and thank you for your presence here with us on this Sabbath as has already been expressed by our administrative assistant, Sister Gloria Sterling McGill. It is with delight that I say thank you to the ministry team that um, serves us from week to week. Your role is so important to the success of the ministry. Uh, that's our associate ministers, our Bible study leaders, our worship coordinator, the talk shoe moderator, our advisor and mentor, Reverend Dr. Robert E. Jones, and again to our talented and very, very valuable administrative assistant, Sister Gloria Sterling McGill. I want to thank each of you for the part that you play week after week, month after month, and we are so glad that God has allowed us to continue to stay together year after year causing the services of this church to take place each week. For those of you who are new to the call, please be advised that the talk show moderators are instructed to mute and unmute if necessary to maintain the reference of the service. If you know that there is noise in your background that might be disturbing to the other listeners, please mute yourself and unmute yourself when you want to say amen. As in any normal church service, we don't have talk or answer questions. You are able to say amen or praise the Lord or hallelujah. But other than that, I would ask that you would refrain from talking um, until after the service is done and the recording is ended, and then we will be taking prayer requests. I'd like to just uh, announce the towns, the cities that are are present from week to week and, and express that these uh, people live all across the United States. That's important because for most church services, the members live all in one town or one county and certainly in one state and they come together to worship God in one building. However, God is so great and so wonderful that he allows us to meet together by way of a conference call. And so we live across these United States and in Canada, from California to Washington, D.C., to Washington State, to St. Louis, Missouri, to Ohio and Kentucky, Washington State, Pennsylvania, Florida, and even into Canada, I'm sure there are other, North Carolina, I know it's a, a state that is represented, and others. Welcome to each of you, and thank you for being a part of this worship service. Our message this afternoon is coming from 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 9 through 10. Believe it or not, it's been three weeks since I've been with you to preach 
the word. I've been present at the services, but not preaching the word. And the last weekend in June, I started what I had promised to do to be a series on the prophet Elisha. Much, much, much is preached and talked and taught about the prophet Elijah, a man who performed many miracles for God and was given many challenges by God to serve him in some hard places. And so the, the uh, last week in June, I talked from the uh, book of Second Kings about the one of the many acts that Elisha had performed during his ministry. But today we're going back to the beginning or let's say to the end of Elijah's ministry and the beginning of Elisha's ministry or receiving of the double of double portion of the anointing from the prophet. So from 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 9 through 10, I will read, When they had crossed over, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. He said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, O oh God, for the many ways that you provide blessings for us, God. We thank you that you have kept us alive that you have kept us in our right minds oh god we thank you for housing and for food and for clothing god we thank you for strength to move day by day we praise you oh god that you are our god and for this another sabbath by which we can come together to worship you because you are worthy of the praise you're worthy of the glory and you are worthy of the honor we pray now god that as i decrease god that you would increase in me god rise up in strength and in power god rise up in anointing and in might that your word may be dissimilated to the people oh god and that it might bring light into their lives enlightenment and encouragement for the days to come in Jesus' name amen and the title of the message is waiting for the double portion waiting for the double portion we all know what it's like to have to wait for something that is important to us for the pregnant mother it's the arrival of the baby that she has carried for nine months for a child it's christmas for someone with money it's the maturation of the certificate of deposit or the money market or other stocks that have been invested. For the married couple, it's the first home, whether it be the starter home or the forever home. For the student, it's graduation at the end of 12 years, at the end of 16 years and beyond. That's all in the natural. The waiting game takes on a totally different color when you're waiting for the manifestation of a spiritual promise or milestone. For a new believer, it's baptism and the newness of life that is promised in Christ Jesus. For the children, youth, or teens, 
It might be Vacation Bible School, the Sunday Church Congress, or any other road trip that the church takes on an annual basis for the opportunity to learn more about Jesus and how to live a Christian life. For someone struggling with an illness, unemployment, family problems, loss of a job or other problems, the person can't wait till the altar is opened on Sunday morning to make their way down for morning prayer. For those of us who just like preaching, we can't wait for the next revival, the next conference, or the next visiting preacher at the church down the street. For the prayer warrior, it might be the next prayer meeting, prayer conference, or even the release of the next book on prayer. For the prophet Elisha, his wait was for the double portion of the anointing, the spirit that God had on the life of his mentor and the best-known prophet of all time, the prophet Elijah. What made the anointing of Elijah so valuable to Elisha, you might ask? Well, let's take a look at some of the miracles that were performed by Elijah under the anointing of the power of God. That's the important ingredient. The first thing we heard about Elijah was when he caused the rain to cease for three and a half years. And then after that time had passed, he caused it to rain again by his prayer to the living God. Then the, there was a miracle of the barrel of meal and the cruise of oil. There was the resurrection of the widow's son and the calling of fire from heaven on the altar at the confrontation with the prophets of Baal. Next, there was the prophecy that Ahab's sons would all be destroyed, that Jezebel would be eaten by dogs, and that Ahaziah would die of his sickness. Then there was the calling of fire from heaven upon first the 50 soldiers, and then the second. 50 soldiers. There was the parting of the Jordan River, and lastly, Elijah being taken up to heaven in a whirlwind is an act of God that Elijah will always be remembered for. Now, Elisha's name means Jehovah, my Savior. Elisha was from the tribe of Issachar and lived in the northern kingdom. Elisha was a leader in training under the tutelage of Elijah. Elisha asked Elijah for a double portion of his anointing when Elijah went to heaven. God granted Elisha's request by allowing Elisha to witness the carrying away of Elijah into heaven in a chariot of fire and to take possession of the mantle of Elijah. Imagine the honor from God that you would not be allowed to see death. Jesus is the only other person we have heard of who was carried into heaven alive. We're not told what actually happened at the end of Moses' life. We just know that he went up into the mountain. A mantle is generally known as a covering, such as a cloak or a coat, used to keep a person warm or to protect him from the elements. The Bible pictures that I saw show a cloak or a robe that is a large, loose-fitting, garment. It could be made from an animal skin like that of a sheep. Prophets were known 
for wearing mantles as a sign of their calling from God. The idea was that they were wrapped in power and authority given to them by God. As Elijah was departing, Elisha caught the mantle as a symbol of a transfer of the mandate and responsibility as a spokesperson for the Lord. Two things to remember, though. One is that God had already told Elijah to anoint Elisha before his day came to take over the mantle. The second thing to remember is that the power was not in the mantle. It's in the man or woman who is designated to act for God in the earth. This power comes from the Holy Spirit. It's necessary for me to say something about the double portion since that's kind of the focus of the, of the message today. Receiving a double portion means that a person gets twice as much as anyone else. There are six times that a double portion is mentioned in the Bible. First, God made it right for the firstborn to receive the double portion. That was twice the amount of the inheritance that other siblings might would, uh, would receive from the father. It also meant that the firstborn would receive succession to the throne. If there was a kingdom involved, he became the head of the tribe of the clan or of the family. Second time we hear about a double portion was when Hannah was barren and her husband would give her double a double portion of his riches because she he wanted her to know how much he loved her. Then Elisha's request for Elijah was to be considered the successor of Elijah's ministry and to be doubly blessed with power in his prophetic office. In spite of all that Elijah had to endure as a servant of God, most of the time being obedient despite being afraid, Elisha did not shy away from the responsibility of the office. Joyce Meyer likes to say, new level, new devil. And she also says, do it afraid. And though Elisha would be inheriting the plots and schemes of Satan to defeat him as God's prophetic representative on earth, he was willing to embrace God's call on his life as long as he knew that he had the anointing that brought Elijah through. Now that's what we would look for if God were to say to us that we needed to go out and on this journey or that journey or on this assignment or to perform this act for him. Like Moses told them when he was leading the children of Israel, if you're not going, I don't want to go either. We must have God's power and work for us and God's presence with us whenever we move out to do something for God. Then Isaiah 61 talks about a double portion of joy and blessing upon Israel for all that they had been through. And Job received a double portion of the restoration after God had allowed the devil to take all that he had during the test of Job's faith. The last double portion, though, is not necessarily a blessing. It surely isn't a blessing for the recipient because Babylon according to the book of Revelations, is to receive a double portion of the suffering that it has put on God's people, even today. 
We live in modern day Babylon and they are to receive of the Lord double for the trouble they have caused us. It seemed to me that Elijah was not very excited about leaving this world to try a world unknown. Who really is? He seemed very hesitant to take Elisha with him on the final journey that God had ordained for him. It was almost like Elijah was walking back through the pages of his life. However, Elisha knew that his presence at the departure of Elijah was paramount to him receiving the awaited anointing. Elijah and Elisha were on the way from Gilgal. The meaning of the word Gilgal is the rolling away. It was at Gilgal that God allowed himself to be reminded of the covenant that God made with Abraham by instructing Joshua to circumcise the men who were coming out of the wilderness. This symbolized a cutting away of the reproach of Israel's disobedience. It was also representative of a cleansing from the sins of the past. 1 John 1, 9 tells us that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Perhaps Elijah was being cleansed for his approaching transition, and Elisha was being cleansed to be able to carry the anointing for the service of God. I heard Benny Hinn say once that unless you can carry the anointing within, you'll never be able to carry the anointing without. Or he said, unless the anointing within you is as strong as the anointing that would come up on you, you won't be able to stand. That meant that if you were not prepared in your inner man to hold the spirit of God, you would not be successful in standing up under the weight of the anointing in this present day. I believe that's due to the ability of man to mimic God, that God will not be able to advise us of what he's about to do in the earth. I was told by a, a perpetrator that they wanted to be in our head so they could hear what God was saying to us, to know what God was about to do so they could try and defeat God in it. That would mean then that God can't tell us what he's about to do. He'll just have to give us the anointing to do it. And we have to be ready. There were three stops on the way to the swift exit of Elijah. Elisha had to follow along without invitation of Elijah. First to Bethel, then to Jericho, and lastly on to the Jordan. We're going to take a closer look at each of these places and the meaning of them with the implication of the meanings for our lives today. The Bible says in 2 Kings, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. Elisha, who was also on a mission, knew that this was not the time to stay behind. Elijah probably said, just you wait right here. I'll be back. And Elisha said, no, I'll just tag along with you. So they went on to Bethel together. Throughout this text, three times Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has sent me to another place. And every time 
Elisha said, unless I'm with you when the Lord takes you, I'll not receive the anointing. Now, Bethel is called the house of God. The Lord met Jacob in a dream with the stairway going from earth to heaven at this place called Bethel. Some say the angels were taking prayer requests and bringing answers from God back to earth. Jacob made a memorial there to the Lord, and he called that place the house of God. I look for the significance of God causing Elijah to start his final journey at Bethel. Bethel stood at a crossroads between Hebron and Shechem from south to north and from Jericho to the Mediterranean Sea from east to west. It is here at Bethel that Elijah made the decision to go forward into the end of his ministry, the end of his mentorship, and the end of his life. He could have stayed at Bethel to try to stall God and delay the inevitable. It's almost like being told you have a terminal disease and with so many months, so many weeks, or even just a few days to live. There may seem to be no way out and no way to stop what turns into a runaway train for your life. You may find yourself in a position to just trust God. Not every challenge will end in death. How many times have we hesitated, though, to move forward into what God had for us because the way would be hard? God may tell you to move to a new city that was not in your plans. What's your response? Will you go without any further questions? Just pick up and move? Would you spend more time in prayer, though you know you heard God? Would you rebuke it as an evil spirit because you don't want to tell God no, but you don't really want to go? Elijah was at a real crossroad here. Would he stay or would he proceed into the place that would surely lead to him spending eternity in another place? And then we find Elijah telling Elisha to stay here while he went on alone. What's the meaning of that action? At Bethel, Elijah again told Elisha to stay here while he went on to Jericho. Now, Jericho means walk by faith. Who knows that what conversation God was having with Elijah while he walked on with Elisha? Wonder what Elijah said to Elisha as they traveled from place to place. These are just rhetorical questions and summations about these events. However, what is plain is that Elijah did not want to go, and he surely did not want Elisha to go with him. But Elisha, knowing that God had spoken and Elijah had promised, was not willing to miss the biggest blessing of his life and ministry. Everyone knows about the miracle of Jericho. This was the first stop the first battle and the first miraculous victory of Israel once they reached the promised land. Jericho is the place where God threw his weight around to the people of Canaan and where God assured Israel that God was still in charge. When I started this series on Elisha, I, started, I shared that Israel was coming out of the wilderness and did not have military training. They had to rely on God to win their battles and to know how to fight in the one where their hands and their feet were required. We came to appreciate the real meaning of walking by faith as we 
learned how the wall around Jericho, the strongest wall and the largest city in that region, failed after Israel followed the instructions of the Lord. First to walk silently around the city for six days, and on the seventh day to walk around the, a wall silently six times. And on the seventh time around, the entire plan was to shout. Thus Israel learned that every time God gave permission and they carried the Ark of the Covenant with them into battle, victory was assured. The Jericho Wall represented opposition to the life that God promised Israel. In order for Israel to move into the land of promise, the new Israel, after 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, they had to learn to walk by faith and trust God. And so we have the same opportunity. Every day that we get up, the challenge is to walk by faith and not by sight. When there are aches and pains in your body, not enough money in your bank account, when multiple bills come due, sometimes there's not even enough gas in the car. Or some of us don't even have a car, yet we have destinations that await us. Yet we learn to walk by faith. Opposition comes from the neighbors, the church, and sometimes even the children. But we keep on walking by faith. Finally, Elijah receives the instruction to go on to the Jordan. At the Jordan, Elijah was walk, walking out of his life here on earth, but going to God to begin a new life. Elisha was walking into the life that Elijah was about to leave. Notice how each place had a specific meaning to Elijah's life and ministry. Jordan meant the place between. In order to embrace the future in the promised land, Israel had to cross that chasm between their past and their future. The Jordan also became the place that stood between Israel's fear and their faith between their separation and their sanctification. Think of how this relates to Elijah and Elisha and to you and me. We still have obstacles in our past, and they dare us to try to move forward. To Elijah, the Jordan was the place between life and death. It was literally at the end of his journey here on earth, but at the beginning of the exchange of roads, and the receipt of a crown. To Elisha, the Jordan was in between the promotion that he desired from God and that Elijah had promised him. It was also the place where he would leave behind being the follower to become the leader. The enemy is forever reminding us of our past. He wants fear to cause us to get stuck wondering how to get from this place so that we don't keep moving. But if we would cross our Jordan, if we would dare to believe that if God would part the water and dry the land that we can walk across without sinking, we'll make it to the promise that God has for us and walk right into that anointing that God has designed would lead us into the ministry that he has prepared. Elijah might have to take a deep breath to cross that Jordan River. However, the Bible says he took his Cloak, struck the water, and the water parted. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what can I do for you before I am taken from you? 
Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, was Elisha's reply. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said. Yet if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. What, what are we willing to go through to receive a promise of a double portion? Can we stand to be blessed in this way so much so that we will endure the pain, take the stress, go through the opposition, stand in spite of the, in spite of the obstacles? But Elisha had to also go through Bethel, walk that, that Jericho path, and then cross the Jordan to be in a position to receive the double portion. It was on this side of the Jordan that the chariot of fire carried Elijah away. It seems there was not any bargaining with God, no pleading, no crying. For the word says that Elisha received the cloak of Elijah as it fell from the hands of Elijah. Elisha had to wait patiently and go the distance with Elijah. Elisha had to receive his own revelation from God as he went through Bethel, Jericho, and finally the Jordan with the man who had been his mentor. Elijah was a man of great courage, though he was often depressed because of his circumstances. The story of the ministry of Elisha begins exactly where Elijah's leave off. Elisha also takes the cloak, strikes the Jordan, and it opens. Elisha received the power of Elijah's anointing when he caught the mantle as Elijah was being swept away. Elisha's assignments from God would not be the same as Elijah's, so a double portion of the anointing, a double portion of the Spirit of God, a double portion of the presence of God, and a double portion of the presence of power of God was necessary as is documented that Elisha performed twice as many miracles as Elijah and built a seminary in which to train the company of prophets. Now, when I read through the, the list of the uh, miracles that Elisha performed, my paper showed a total of 28. I'll share with you just a few. Elisha parted the Jordan and healed the waters that were bitter. He cursed the boys that made fun of him, and guess what? The bear destroyed the boy. He filled the water with val the valley with water and deceived the Moabites with a valley of blood. Elisha filled the vessels with oil in order that the son, the widow's sons, would be spared. He prophesied the birth of the son of the Shunammite woman and was participated in the resurrection of the Shunammite son. And then he instructed Naaman to dip seven times in the Jordan that healing might come to his body of leprosy. That's just a few of the miracles that were worked through Elisha by the power and anointing of the Almighty God. Think of what God wants to do to us. I want you all to see this. The enemy thinks he's taken over. He thinks he's in charge. He thinks God has no resources. He thinks that God will bow at his knee. But I'm going to tell you, we don't know. 
and the scriptures all the more real today. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the into the hearts of men what things God has in store for those who love him. I can assure you that I love the Lord. I believe that each of you are here today because you also love the Lord. How much more would God use you as an Elisha in your day? Because we would yield to the anointing, because we would yield to his spirit and accept the mantle to go on in his name. Now, I want to tell you just a little bit about what's coming up for next week, because it, it tells us that all that of, of these things, if you would go back and read the entire second chapter of Kings, of second Kings, all of these things that happened between Elijah and Elisha was witnessed by spectators. They were called the company of the prophets. These will be the same prophets that Elisha built the seminary for and begins to train them also to walk in the way of the Lord by the anointing. It says that these prophets were constantly reminding Elisha of the scheduled departure of Elijah and watching for the transfer of power. Even on the day that Elisha was carried away, it says that the company of prophets stood afar off watching what was going on. But that also means that they witnessed the transfer of the power, the authority, and the responsibility into the hands of Elisha. God is never without a following, and God is always training the next leader in the kingdom. There were 50 prophets following the events of this departure. 100 prophets were saved by Obadiah and hidden in a cave when Jezebel ordered them killed. And God told Elijah that there were 7,000 prophets who had not bowed their knee to Baal. Next week, we'll take a closer look at this company of prophets and the others who would not bow their knee to Baal. I'm so thankful that we are in, the, in that group. We're in the list of those who will not bow. Amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Millicent, for your very inspiring message. Of Elijah's, Elijah's journey and its meaning for us. Now let us celebrate receiving God's message by listening to a praise and worship song. The invitation to discipleship will follow. Today, Sister Kim will offer it.
We are at the point in the worship service where we will offer the invitation to discipleship. Can you hear me? Yes. Thank you. If you are on the call tonight and and you desire to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, please remember, Jesus loves you. He is in the healing business for those who are lonely, brokenhearted, or at the end of the rope. Some steps to take on the road to salvation. Admit you can't save yourself from your sin. Be willing to repent, turn from sin. Believe that Jesus Christ died for you and rose again. Invite Jesus into your heart to be your Lord and Savior. Pray this prayer of salvation. Dear God, I know I'm not able to save myself from sin. I know I'm not where I want to be, and I want your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for my sins. Please wash me clean from all sin, shame, and guilt. Come into my life, Jesus, to be my Lord and Savior. I ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Unite with Refuge from the Storm Church or a Bible-based church in your local community. Start reading the Bible and email us at mgrace321 at gmail.com. That's mgrace321 at gmail.com. To become a member for prayer or for suggestions on how to start your journey through the Bible. Amen. Thank you, Sister Kim. Now let us listen to a closing praise and worship song, which will be followed by final remarks and a benediction to be offered by our pastor, Reverend Nelson Black. The certain circumstances Or things I could not understand And many times in trials Weakness blurs my vision Then my frustration gets so out of hand But it's then I am reminded I've never been forsaken When I look at all the victory And the spirit rises up in me And it's through the fire My witness is made strong He never promised That the cross would not be And I know 
Amen. Amen. I could listen to that one again, Sister Helena. He will indeed take us through the fire. But he never promised that we would never have trouble. He never promised that we wouldn't have to face things. But he did promise that he would be with us. And that's of utmost importance to us in this time in which we live. I want to thank you for being with us. I pray that something that has been said or, or some song has been song that has brought you prayer praise that has brought you out of any despair or or made you feel better in some way made you feel encouraged and determined to keep holding on to your faith i do want to encourage you that um singing gospel music uh is one sure way to get you up out of a, 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 a lag, a lull in your life, uh, to, to help you over a, a bad mood, through times of nervousness or fear or whatever. I'm telling you, if you'll just find a song that makes you feel the presence of God, and I just wouldn't stop playing it until I was satisfied that God was with me and that I can go on from that place. It's, I, it's just nothing like music and singing. It has so many benefits. I encourage you to look it up on your internet. Internet, The benefits of singing, the benefits of, of music. And you'll find that God has prepared that and planned that we would be able to make it through this life singing as we go. I want to remind you about our events through the week. On Wednesday morning, sun up to sundown, is our day of fast as we study uh, on Wednesday night, the from the book, Possessing the Gates of Your Enemies, as we talk more about becoming militant prayer warriors. This just, prayer is so necessary for each of us. It, it, it also raises our frequencies, puts us in contact with God, helps us to become more sensitive to his presence and his power. So many benefits of prayer and so many blessings when our prayers are answered. So if you will, Wednesday marks several things then. It marks the beginning of our 12-hour prayer time from sunup to sundown. And it has the, um, at 5, 6.30 Eastern time is our prayer meeting. 
Wednesday, Thursday, Friday morning. And then Wednesday evening is our Bible study at 8 Eastern time. Then on next Saturday, we will again meet here for our church service at 6 p.m. Eastern time. On this coming Monday at 8 Eastern time is our, our church business meeting. We call it our ministry team meeting. Please come if you are a member of the church and let us talk about the progress of the ministry and the different projects that we have going as we seek to lift up the name of Jesus in our world. At the end of our benediction and the stopping of our recording, we'll be here to pray with any of you who desire to have prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for this day. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the power of your word, oh God, for your word is promised to not come home empty-handed, but that it will accomplish what you please and prosper in the thing whereunto you have sent it. Thank you, oh God, for sending your word to us. Lord, you said that your word is by your word, oh God, that uh, you sent it to heal us. You said that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, and that the world is uphold, upheld by the word of your power. And so, God, help us to be all the more students of your word. God, lead us to the scriptures that will encourage us and help us, oh God. I pray in the name of Jesus. Lead us to the scriptures that we can stand on in, in hard times, in times of trouble, in times of distress. And then, God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would lead us to the words of of scripture that will lead us into places of praise and worship and adoration of you, the most high God. Father, bless each person that is on the call today. Bless us, their homes, their families, oh God. Keep them safe, is my prayer in Jesus' name. Make provision for them of anything that is needed, oh God. I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, that all of my sisters and my brothers, that gather around this call each week, oh God, will find you all the more in power and in might. Show us, oh God, how to love one another, how to teach you, oh God, in everything we do in Jesus' name. Amen.